my chewing coming through? Yes, yes it is. But that's okay. <clears throat> All right, so Ain't Is A Word podcast, episode something, season something. I've got Farmer Dan, Farmer Dan Jenkins down here. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Dan Jenkins. I'm one of the many friends of Toby Nix. So the lower rung of friends. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually been talking for about two hours. So I don't know what we have left for the podcast. We should have hit record a long time ago. But um, I guess first things first, you can tell us about your farm. You got you. You really are uh, kind of making strides in, in self sustainability. Um, trying to. Uh, right now we're we're doing chickens and laying uh, laying chick um, chickens. So we've got eggs coming every day. Uh, processed some pork this last year, so I've got a freezer full of pork that I'm selling. We've got cows on the schedule to be processed by USDA processor this summer and then I did pasture poultry this last summer so I've got a freezer full of poultry of course I can't sell any of that but that's just for us well I I can vouch for the pork because I bought uh, bacon sausage and ribs from you and they were all on point Um, so you have the cows already like you've got yeah yeah there's ones that were raised at, uh, at our place they're all grass-fed, so it takes longer for grass-fed beef to, to grow out because you're not pushing them with grain. So uh, they're getting on to just about close to two years old now. Wow. So at what age do they – are they grass-fed? Usually fed? around – well, they're grass-fed when they've been – I meant like what are they grass-fed uh, enough to Typically you're processing grass-fed around two years because it takes longer. Um, anything over between 24 to like 30 months, I'm not sure the exact date, um, the USDA – makes you remove the spine intact because of uh, my cow. Huh. So you want to hit the date before that point so that you can get <clears throat> your cuts. So when you're saying USDA, you can sell this stuff. Yes. I mean, like, you could sell it, I guess, illegally, mm-hmm. um, but you're doing it. Well, you can, without processing USDA, you can sell the animals when they're still alive. So I could sell half or a whole pig or half or a whole cow and then the person would pay me the agreed upon price and then they would pay the processing that's legal for any farmer to do if you then take them to a usda or a georgia department of agriculture inspective facility then if the farmer has a meat reseller's license then i can sell by the cut so without that you can't sell uh you know the pork chops or the steak or the whatnot individually you'd have to buy the whole way so could you put your your meat cuts in a commercial business you could but you got to realize too that like with my pork or my beef my pork is raised on pasture where it's moved they're not in a pen that's sitting there getting filed by their their waste you know building up on the pen or whatever they're continually moved to a new new piece of ground so that they can have new stuff to eat where they're not just eating the feed, the non-GMO feed, um, and they're exercising or whatever. That's not the same kind of pork you're going to be able to buy at Kroger or Walmart. That's a that's not raised in a concrete building inside and only fed the corn and soybean. Yeah. So it's a diff. It's it's a more nutrient dense because uh, their diet is varied. Well, a couple of years ago, me. Tank and Adam and a fourth guy bought a grass-fed cow. It was Adam found the hookup and did all the the dealing or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
it was expensive, but I've never had steak like that ever. It, it was like cut it with a butter knife. You don't have to. It was unbelievable. Like you get what you pay for with that kind of stuff. And it was it was expensive, but if you've never had like locally grown grass fed beef, it's you will know you. I, I know a lot of times like you can't tell the difference between a brand name pop tart and a Kroger or whatever, but you can tell the difference in grass-fed beef. Usually the flavors are more intense because they've had longer to develop, whereas a, a typical beef in your grocery, in your commercial chain, is around a year old because they've, they're weaned off at nine months. They go to feedlots, they get pushed um, with, with grain and all whatnot and fattened up, and that's where you get that intermuscular fat in them make them grow really fast and then slaughter it out because it's a more efficient, Yeah, uh, it's a faster model of the money. Whereas the grass fed takes longer to do, I have the grass and pasture to do it on, so it takes longer to do. Also, I'm not growing corn and soybeans to make my own feed. I'm, I would have to buy those. Um, so it's a more intense flavor because it's taken longer to develop Man, the flavor. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it was a huge difference. Um, how much land do you have? Right at 30 acres. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know you had that much. That's good. You're living right. Um, I know a couple of years ago... I'm living broke because I'm paying a mortgage on right <laughs> yeah, 30 acres yeah. in Coweta County. You, I was about to say, I, that was my next question. You are inside Coweta. Yes. So, yeah, you are. Um, you haven't come down to the promised land yet. No, uh, no not yet. But um, a couple of years ago, I posted a picture of uh, one of our chickens that we raised here. And it was... A chicken breast raised here versus a store-bought chicken breast and the store-bought chicken breast was easily double the size of ours however ours was I can't remember I knew it at the time of the posting the age of our chicken was well older mm-hmm. than the store-bought so it's like this chicken is much older and much smaller than the store-bought because there was no chemicals in it you know um, it, it, I'm sure you've seen the picture because we've been Facebook friends forever, but uh, yeah. it, it's a huge difference. Well, and even when you you even things up, because you were probably processing one of your laying hens mm-hmm. or whatnot, I grew out 75 of the Cornish Cross, which is the same breeds that they're growing that grow out in eight weeks. Um, they're supercharged chickens that, you know, they can't really live 16 weeks because right. they'll have heart attacks and bad joints and die. Yeah. But um, so I'm growing the same thing that they're growing in the houses. But the difference is I, I put them on grass. And now this is all stuff I can't sell because I, I processed it myself like you do. So, But it's for our, my own family consumption. I did 75 of those, and they're, you know, I'm, I'm feeding them feed every day. They're in a, a pen that's moved every day. And then when they got older, twice a day, so that they're not living on their own manure. Yeah, They're able to eat the grass, and chickens will eat grass and green material. They'll also eat all the bugs that are down in the grass in my pasture. So they're eating that, they're getting a little variety of their diet. But the difference in that, because I would give that to some of my family members, and I've got some real foodie kind of family members, and there's just incredible. I mean, the the, the yellow fat that's oh, yeah. on it and the, the flavors or whatnot, it's just so much different, so much better. It's I'm 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 well behind you on on where I wanna be, but um number one, I can't build a fence. I can't build a chicken, I can't build anything. But um, but so we've got chickens and honeybees and all that. But the, like you said with the chickens, we let ours free range a lot. So we went probably eight months one time without buying chicken food mm-hmm. because they they're eating natural. Yeah, they they were free they were free well, range. And think about how how 
much a variety of nutrients they're getting by getting those different bugs that are getting right that are scavenging around or whatnot as opposed to what's in a chicken house that's being having to be fed a regular diet of antibiotics because they're living in their own feces yeah and they're having to fight off diseases in their and in I've, respiratory tracts. I've watched documentaries years ago i don't watch much of anything anymore but um I think in order for it to claim that it's uh, like free-range chicken, it has to be outside for five minutes a day. or It was yeah, something the, ridiculous. The ability, yeah, you take a, a chicken house with 5,000 chickens in it and you cut a small door in the side. You know, some chickens may not ever even know there, there, there is a door in the side of the chicken yeah. house, but you can still call it free-range. Yeah, it's ridiculously yeah. misleading. The, yeah. the, the whole... marketing is, is so terrible on what's free-range, what's organic, what's... Right whatnot the biggest thing is know your farmer go down and if your farmer won't let you visit where you're raising yeah stuff then maybe don't buy from them yeah if you don't if you don't kill it with your own hands or know the guy who did or know the guy who raised it then you're probably getting a lot of chemicals in your food Mm -hmm. Uh, and then i mean you know I think the life expectancy in the 1800s was around 75 or 80. It's kind of the same nowadays. So we're not making progress <laughs> the way that we should. And that's my, you know, conspiracy theory. And Water. I go back, I was raised on, because my grandfather was a butcher, so we butchered our own animals back then. He raised them up. My dad was a dairyman. You know, and we were part of the commercial food chain. And, you know, we raised soybeans in the 80s until the commodity crisis collapsed. Um yeah, we're well, part of all that. We grain fed our beef. We locked them into a stall and we fed them like they, you know, like they do now and, and stuff like that because that's what we knew. And you get them up and you marble them out. Um, so I'm not saying any of that was, you know, I'm not coming at it from a that's bad. That's your choice. If you want a grain fed, then I'd be lucky. I'd be happy to add to provide both options for people. Just uh, facilities provide both options. Yeah, but. Um, I think keeping a closer loop on where all your stuff is coming from, not shipping feed all the way across the country or shipping animals all the right. way across the country. If, if you can keep that a closed loop and then you're buying your food from someone that's right there, I think COVID has made that very apparent that we need to get back local. Yeah, and, and the bacon we got off of you last week or the week before, it was, to me, perfect because it was thick cut. So mm-hmm. it was like, I think, I, I don't know if I said it to you or um, – guy at work who had bought some and cooked it for everybody for breakfast it was like a mix between bacon and hog gel which is what i like it was that thick um and i assume that you tell them how thick you want it or whatever but it was when i got it from you that was what we ate the next day um i i loved it if you you know it's just thick cut so i have five, five packs left uh, yeah, I, might, <laughs> I might buy some of them from you um so how so speaking of how many hogs did you have processed i did six and that's one reason i'm running short on bacon is i i cured my own bacon for me and my family so i kept back part of my hog bellies so that i could cure them and i'm actually doing that right now in the refrigerator where i use a recipe my grandfather had that i've got a picture of his handwriting i I think i saw you post that on facebook i I know i saw the belly that you posted so that's kind of what cut into my supplies i didn't realize that this other was going to be really good also Mm -hmm. so i kept three pigs worth back it was very good for mine so how what how much meat did six adult pigs give you 1200 pounds what are you sitting on right now not sold i'm really not sure uh i sold some of the pigs whole to start with so when i got back with them the entire pig was gone out of my freezer so uh i'm probably 
we'll see I was down a thousand I'm probably down around 800 pounds I still got a lot of pork I'm almost out of bacon but I've got a lot of pork chops a lot of butts okay well um, I'm, I'm I want a Boston steaks. I want a butt too well I guess it would be a um, Harrelson butt not a Boston butt yeah. <laughs> I've got I got a birthday coming up, so maybe I can smoke that. Uh, so, um, and I don't know if you'll want to answer this or not, but when you count the pen, the raising, the this, the that, how, how much are you in the are you in the positive yet on on recouping your? If I were to sell all the meat, I would be in the positive. Right now, holding out, uh, inventory, I'm still money out because of the feed and the processing. So, but it, as soon as I sell, I would be ahead. Uh, and then my meat that I, I consume. So is it, um, would you be ahead by a, a good amount or would you just be ahead? Like I have to keep my day job. And get yeah, clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so why do you do it? Uh, I love it. I yeah. love, to me, that's uh, for people who don't realize me and, me and you do kind of the same thing. We work yeah. at the same place. Yeah. Different jobs, the same place. And uh, when I can get out and work around the farm, that is a, total de-stressor for me yeah i can get out there and watch cows or pigs and i, I love having pigs i miss them now because i don't i got a freezer full of them but i miss taking whatever food straps we might have and seeing them get totally turned into bacon because right. the pigs will just absolutely eat anything that's that's left that's over. kind of the way the chickens are yeah um, the, i guess pigs take it to the, the next they level take it to the next level yeah. chickens do a great job and i dump right now everything into the chicken pen and they scratch through and and get and then compost whatever doesn't and yeah pigs take it to a different level you throw a chicken bone into a pig pen they're gonna it's eat gone it. that's what i like so much because pove has the big garden and then we do the chickens i'd like to like i said i'd like to get i want to get goats would be our next thing mm -hmm. down here but i heard that goats are kind of escape artists yes and uh I don't want to meet my neighbors because of my goats, so I'd have to have like some kind of Fort Knox type thing. But um, because I don't think, well, I guess pigs are easier to contain than a little bit if you train them right to start with, uh, using a little electric hot wire around the bottom of their pen. Yeah. Um, because they will root. They're strong. They can. If you take you know hog panels or cattle panels and stake them in the ground, they get that nose underneath them, and they're a lot of when they get up to 250 pounds or so, they're gonna push through whatever they want to push through my thing would be i don't um i, I as of right now saying this i i would just as soon make enough for meat like meat for me so mm -hmm. i would just process everything here which would mean i could not sell it right um usda so all your stuff is you're you're legit mm -hmm. so um and you know and i took a butchery class which i was a young child when my Grandfather was doing it, so my job was, you know, carrying the boxes full of meat that my sister had wrapped in sat wax paper, you know, white wax paper, and, you know, maybe wrote a name on the side of it. So all my meat growing up had, you know, handwriting of probably one of my sisters writing what it was. Yeah. Um, and so that's normal for me. I love that aspect of of knowing what I'm eating. And that's me. And, and it, number one, I think it tastes better. Even like the garden stuff, there's just something about no matter what you get from your garden, it just tastes a little bit better. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's the sweat that you put in it. And in, in my case, the sweat. The appreciation. Yeah. But, and, and I think everyone would agree tomatoes are better homegrown. Like, I think that's oh, kind of yeah. universal. People might argue about cucumbers or whatever, but I think everything from your yard tastes yeah. better. Well, and the, and the difference is, um, what you're growing at home is meant to be eaten at home. What's grown in the grocery store is meant to be bruise resistant to ride in a truck right. for eight hours to get to a grocery store. Right. 
And I'm just now seeing things about how much wax is on apples and stuff like that, you know, yeah. like, because um, we do have fruit trees. They haven't um, given us a lot of fruit yet. Where we're at, um, well, number one, uh, we're, I think most of what, they're under five years old. But then what happens, Poe's got, a, I think it's a plum tree. I don't know for certain, but this thing will be ridiculously full of flowers or whatever and then a freeze will come so like georgia weather you know you'll get like this nice little warm stretch everything blooms up great like man we're gonna have a good year then a damn mm -hmm. cold snap hits yeah. and kills your it kills your hope of plums for the next year yeah but um but yeah if you're if you're processing yourself and some of that's a you know get with a friend or somebody knows how to do it you yeah. usually can find somebody that knows how to do a deer yeah um like i say my wife and I, Jessica, we took a class on it. She didn't participate as much as I did. <laughs> that's funny because that's hard to imagine. Um, I know I've processed deers, deer, I guess plural deer is deer. I've processed deer here and I've done uh, one wild boar that uh, Troy got. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't have time to fool with it, so he, he gave it to me. And uh, So I'm not making like professional cuts, but I'm getting all the meat off of, the animal yep. you know um and what i'd like to try to do next is to tan the hide because i think that'd be cool i like the thought of not wasting any of the animal mm -hmm. but i also think that it would be cool to say that you tan the hide and apparently you could probably answer this the brain of the animal is supposed to be large enough to tan the hide yeah that's what i've heard i've never done it myself but i remember with deer and whatnot everybody talked about you made a mixture out of with the brain that you yeah could, that'd be cool you could do it I, I think it'd just be cool to have like a, a blanket or whatever mm -hmm. from uh whatever you do with it well and even like with the chickens i try to put everything back talking about using every bit of it you know when i process the chicken i'm saving all the guts and all the feathers and stuff like that and yeah. i'm trying to you know i'm putting those into a compost bin that everything feathers and everything is rotting out turning into compost and then i'm putting on my garden we're the exact same way number one we i love the liver and the gizzard and the, i like chicken heart it tastes like i mean i like deer heart i like any kind of heart mm -hmm. um but uh, but Pove will actually, when we process the chicken, she'll the method we use, she'll scoop up all the blood and put that in the garden. So like nothing yeah. gets wasted. And yeah, I think I'll, that's the ultimate respect. And I'm not trying to come off as you know the hippie guy or whatever. But if you're gonna kill an animal, you need to use. You owe it. I heard a great quote, and I heard it was Italian, but I don't know where it comes from. I was watching another video, and I follow a lot of farmers that are a lot better than me. And uh, somebody that he had on was did a quote that every animal deserves a good life, a good death, and a good cook. I like it. And to me, that that honors the animal. That I mean, you owe, you owe it to them to to raise them well, yeah. to have a good life, to have a good death, which means no suffering. You right. want to do it in the most the best Humane, way you can. Yeah. Uh, and then they deserve that what they <clears throat> offer to us needs to be used well. I like that. I'm gonna take that and use it but i'm gonna pretend like i came up with it so i'm not going to okay. credit the italians or dan jenkins uh I'm, it's going to be a toby quote i might try to work it into a column <laughs> but it's but that it really is and i think that and if you're vegan then you can call us whatever you want if you're not vegan then you have nothing to say and i think that everyone would agree that the 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 ones that we're raising or the ones that you're ra like that is a good life you mm -hmm. look at the uh the commercial things they're crammed in they're not moving they're not walking they're not um and like they're the ammonia in their yeah in their air is so strong from their urine that they're you know they're yeah. scarring their their lungs um i am a big fan of joel salton which polis Base farms it has done a lot written a lot of books and whatnot and one of his big 
big quotes is, is uh, his, animal, his animals live a great life and have one bad day. Yeah, that, and that's our chickens, man. They, they live better than any chicken you'll yeah. get off of and Purdue. Just have or one bad day. Yeah. And, and you try to make that day as least stress, as less, right. you know, whatnot as you can. It's just part of life. And that, and like I said, so I'll, I'll accept a vegan thinking I'm a jerk. But anyone mm-hmm. who eats meat, I, I'm not listening to anything about mm-hmm. that. Um, so we're at about the 20-minute mark. Do you want to uh, give people a way to contact you if they would like to buy some uh, pork off of you? Oh. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I wasn't prepared for this, so we, I'll give an email address. Okay. Is my name Jenkins, J E N K I N S, and then Agra, A G R I. So it's JenkinsAgra at gmail.com. JenkinsAgra at gmail.com. That also makes you a sponsor of this show now, so I'll send you a bill <laughs> for sponsorship. Now, um, so this is Ain't is a Word, Dan Jenkins. Um, I'm sorry, Farmer Dan. So that's, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to talk him into staying and recording a couple more.